conversation. SAFM leading the conversation. Night talk with Oliver Dixon. It is eight minutes after ten o'clock. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon, Advocate Omar Rab- uh, Rabaji Rasitaba, who is the head of the Asset Forfeiture Unit at the NPA, joins us, and we're talking about the SAP uh, agreement that they had reached this week, and of course, criminal penalties were paid over there. Perhaps uh, to start here, advocates, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it. Can you talk us through the agreement and what it entails and contains? Thank you very much, um, Oliver, for having me, and uh, thank you very much to your listeners as well. So um, I think I want to start the conversation by explaining that SAP Global, SAP, the company, the software tech uh, company, um, it's it's listed in the New York Stock Exchange in the USA, right? So it's it's a company in in um, the head offices in Germany, and then it's it's listed in the New York Stock Exchange. Now around 2017, I think. There around August, Amabungani website broke the story that the Guptas are, are, are associated or these allegations of bribery uh, in SAP contracts in South Africa. Now, obviously, if you contravene listing requirements where you are listed, like in the New York Stock Exchange, the Department of Justice, which is prosecution in USA, jumps into action. Uh, the Securities Exchange Commission, which is the regulator of companies, also jumps into action. Um, and they came to investigate the matter. And then uh, SAP Global, as a listed company, also appointed lo- lawyers to investigate the matter. Um, the public protector investigated the matter. There were a couple of uh, DPCI uh, investigations also opened on the matter. I know, for instance, that uh, the head of our um, regulate, uh, the, our regulator, the company's regulator in South Africa, also opened uh, a case on 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 this um, contract that would that be the CIPC. Yes, yes, yes. They also opened a contract. They also opened a case with the DPCI. Now, then, um, it was discovered that indeed um, there were a couple of contracts that were tainted, meaning there were kickbacks paid for those contracts to be concluded. Um, fast forward to today, why the agreement with with National Prosecuting Authority? Um, so, okay, also they, they, um, they, the matter was also looked into at the Zondo Commission. So now you know that with Zondo Commission recommendations as a National Prosecuting Authority, we also have to investigate some matters, but we also have to recover, recover money. So that's a constitutional mandate of the NPA. Yeah. So to this, um, what we know about SAP and what Amabungani had published at the time didn't come about spontaneously in the public uh, sphere, right? It came as a result of an internal whistleblower at some point uh, and a forensics investigation and yes, investigative journalistic work over there. 
We know one of the pieces of material that was relied upon by the NPA, by SAP itself, um, was a forensics investigation report conducted by Baker McKenzie. That report, however, is not public. Uh, will it, in the interest of justice, become a publicly available document? So what has happened? What, what, okay, so after the conclusion of um, this alternative dispute re resolution mechanism and all what it means is that uh, we have entered into a resolution um, not to prosecute SAP Global. And you can understand that it sounds good to say, oh, we're prosecuting SAP Global. But what is SAP Global? Is it, what are you talking about? Basically, it, 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 you, you have to prosecute the wrongdoers, the individuals in the company. So um, this non-trial resolutions, um, basically this alternative dispute resolution mechanisms where you enter into this resolution in the company, it means it's a non-trial resolution, um, resolution with the company, but the wrongdoers are going to be prosecuted. So my understanding this is, is for a plea agreement to happen, there must be an admission of guilt. Um, so if the company is pleading guilty and paying criminal fines or penalties to that effect, uh, what then is, is, is the reasoning behind let's not prosecute them because we have to go after the wrongdoers in particular? How do you then distinguish um, wrongdoers as individuals versus wrongdoer as the company intrinsically? So, so um, I think I was still explaining that um, SAP is listed in in the New York Stock Exchange. So they are the let them let's call them the primary investigator or the primary wronged uh, prosecution authority. So they get listed, they get they get investigated and prosecuted where they are listed. They are not listed in South Africa. Yes. They have a, um, a subsidiary here in South Africa, but the person who is the main um, prosecutor is DOJ in the USA. So yeah. the matter was had in court. The matter was had in court on the 10th of January in the Virginia District Court where this matter was tabled. And... Um, the matter was tabled. They basically have contravened their FCPA foreign uh, corrupt and bri bribery uh, practices act because they've done this in, in South yeah. Africa and also Indonesia. So th that's what has happened. So it's, it's, it's a multi-jurisdictional investigation. So, it's so, not, so, the, yes, so, the so the forensics report that contains the evidence and uh the substantiation of the alleged bribery or the, it's no longer alleged because they conceded to it the bribery that happened the, the npa obviously uh, would have had access to that in its negotiation process in in in, in finding a resolution or coming to a settlement agreement oh, my question is ordinarily if this would have went to court that that document would have been property of the court and the public would have had in access to it right now because this matter is not before court for litigation, the public doesn't have access to it. So in the interest of transparency and justice, 
Will we be able to at any point, or is it part of the NPA's general practice, that when there is a settlement agreement, that the terms of that agreement and the information that substantiated that agreement becomes publicly available? So, as I'm saying, the matter is still going to be investigated. Let's call it stage one. The, the wrongdoers are going to be prosecuted. So, everything will be ventilated in the criminal courts. So, this wasn't civil proceedings. It's a criminal case also in in um, in the USA. The, right. the, the, so, so, this case lies open, if I could use that terminology, in the criminal court in the USA for three years. And part of the resolution, we don't call it an agreement, it's not, it's not an agreement. Uh, part of the resolution is that um, SAP has to cooperate with South African um, investigative agencies to investigate so that this matter is prosecuted. Then everything is still going to be ventilated in court. So it wasn't civil proceedings where okay. there's a settlement and you're not aware of the terms okay. of the settlement. No. It's a, it's okay. a criminal it's criminal proceedings. So, so when the individuals are to be prosecuted or when uh, the NPA finally uh, uh, initiates prosecution proceedings against those individuals, I'm assuming then all the evidence that SAP handed over will become publicly available. Definitely. The matter will be, everything will be very ventilated in court that's relevant to bringing charges against the wrongdoers. What about the third parties? Uh, that were executing a lot of these briberies on behalf of SAP, as we would have learned through the Amabungani investigations and before the State Capture Commission. Entities such as EOH and GSS, CAD House, are they being prosecuted as well? They, they, they also have to be looked into. So, I mean, in corruption, there's a corrupt and a corruptee. Both of those parties must be in court. Okay, but... Right now, what is the NPA's position? Is the NPA pursuing them, or is the NPA still to look into that? The the, the NPA is still going to look into it. As I'm saying, uh, DPCI must investigate. Uh, the investigative directorate within NPA must investigate. So investigation, investigation, and the matter then gets submitted to uh, a prosecutor who look into the evidence and then enroll the matter. Yeah. Okay, what I'm curious about, and I want us to come back to this on the other side of the break, is how uh, the NPA or the Asset Forfeiture Unit as a subsidiary thereof determines what a commensurate penalty is. How did it come to the figure that was ultimately paid by uh, SAP? Uh, that we're going uh, uh, to get engagement on, on the other side of this. I want you to be a part of this conversation. Give me a call. The number to dial is 86 2032 086-000-2032. I'm also going to take your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. We continue on the other side of the... You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I'm in conversation with Advocate Omar Rabaji Rasitaba, who is the head of assets uh, of the Asset Forfeiture Unit at the National Prosecuting Authority and the Deputy National Director of Public Prosecutions. And we're talking about the... Uh, I said settlement agreement, but I was corrected on that. The resolution... <laughs> between SAP as well as the NPA regarding their admission of guilt and criminal penalties that were paid. 
Advocate, the figure is 2.2 billion. Break that figure down for us. How did it get to that? Who determines what a commensurate penalty is? Uh, is it a negotiated process? Are there? Uh, are, are you making use of actuaries to determine the scale of what <laughs> needs to be recovered? Uh, talk us through that. Okay. So, how did we come to 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 the figures? Um, so, there are two parts to 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 this equation right so there's what we call disgorgement which is paying back the actual amount that's tainted so you pay back um it's 500 million back to escom it's 240 million back to transnet uh it's 240 million to uh, city of johannesburg city of swani prasa um and then um of course this you add the 70 50 million that goes to car so the disgorgement is back to the soes and then you add um punitive reparation which is the 750 million and then they will give you that amount now um how do we come to these figures as i've said the primary prosecutor is the department of justice and they've got what we call um deferred prosecution agreements so they they go in first and they use sentencing guidelines to calculate the figures and then they negotiate they appoint lawyers to negotiate with us south africa and you are aware that there was also wrongdoing in indonesia same story yeah. where uh, civil servants and we were we, we bribed to to give contracts to sap so um so the figures are arrived at um using sentencing guidelines particularly the reparation amount which is the 750 million so let me point out to you that 237 million has been paid out in bribes in south africa right so right. over and above paying for the services uh, we pay for the services all these soes i've mentioned they're paid for the services of of the software uh, uh services they got and licenses that they got from sap now what the south african uh, executives then did sap executive did is to over and above that pay bribes. Now that's the 237 million. So what does SAP do? It says over and above the 237 million we paid in bribes. We are coming to you, South Africa. We're saying we are remorseful. We are apologized by wrongdoing that was done by uh, our people. And here is disgorgement, the tainted amount, and a further amount called reparation. So. This is not one of those cases where we say they stole from us in South Africa. No, the amount is reparations, not calculated uh, by actuaries. Where I think actuaries can get involved, but you're going to have to find the legal basis of how you come in with uh, actuaries and say there's been economic harm or social harm. Okay. I think we'll still have to find a case that would need that kind of a situation. So services are rendered, they are being paid for. Um, and you know, SAP software, um, you know, it's, it's, it's used globally. This is a big global company. 
uh, in South Africa, you've got our banks that are using their software. Um, you've got the public service that's use, yeah. that's using their software. So yes, we're still continuing to. They're still doing business in South Africa in different departments. Yeah, I mean, I only said actuaries because, you know, typically lawyers aren't known for being good at math and crunching numbers. Uh, but <laughs> it seems the use of sentencing guidelines does make sense. What is the value of one year of sentencing? How does that translate into monetary terms? Maybe if you can give us the equation, we can see how you got to $750 million. So, So in, in, in South Africa, um, so, so, so um, first I'm saying it's DOJ USA who used, remember they are the primary prosecutor in the case, they used the sentencing guidelines to say, uh, I think it's about 2.8 billion that had to be shared between us and Securities Exchange Commission. When I say us, I mean South Africa as well as Indonesia. So we negotiate um, in that in that pie. And okay. then we, we, yes, we accredited. I think if you go into their website, they, they have explained how they broke it up. Yeah. So we got a third, and then there's an amount to Securities Exchange Commission penalty, and then there's another amount that was paid to the to the Indonesians. So, and, and, and maybe a last theme I want to explore here, and this is incredibly important. So I do hope that I do do get some some level of indulgence from you in this, and that you take the country into your confidence here. Uh, the public officials were being bribed. And that is where the taintment comes, as you, as, as, as you refer to it. You know, through disclosures from SAP, who the public officials are that were bribed. Do, can you tell us if those particular public officials, politicians and elected officials, as well as representatives in, 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 in our uh, state-owned enterprises and all of that, whether those people are specifically being prosecuted or are investigated? And at what point will we know the names of those politicians and public officials? I think I've lost you a bit there, Oliver. I don't know whether you're still there. Can you still no, hear no. me? I'm um, with you. Are you not able to hear me? Uh, yeah, I lost you a bit somewhere, but, but I think I got the gist of the question. Uh, public officials, executive in SAP, are being investigated with a view to being prosecuted. I needed to participate in getting coverage, um, which is which is my mandate uh, in NPA, and um, the case could then continues with investigations and prosecutions. So, so at what point will the public know what the names of these public officials and when the matter are? goes to court, when when these people are now charged and the matter is enrolled in court? I think this is a very um, important case. Um, there's no way in which people are going yeah. to be charged and are taken to court, and the South African public will not be aware of it. Remember, it lies open for three years, within which SAP must give us all the information they have at their disposal, as well as the New York Stock Exchange, as well as yeah. the securities. Uh, the SEC must give us all the information. So if if in three years they have not helped us investigate and prosecute these people, we need to go back to DOJ USA and say, uh, Mr. Primary Prosecutor, we have been done in South Africa and the deal collapses. So what yeah. DOJ USA will do, they will go back to court and a conviction is entered against SAP.
So this is a very serious matter. Okay. Uh, at this point, I want to take some calls. Give us a call. 086-000-2032. Sandy, who's calling us from Pinetown. Sandy, good evening. Good evening, sir. Uh, go, go ahead. What's on your mind? What's your question? Yeah, what, uh, what is happening? What I sent here is this. Uh, this company is not uh, being prosecuted fully because it is selected just because it is linked to Western I think just because it is listed on the PSV, that's why they are they are not even taking taking it up to 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 court because it, it, they will delay it because they, because it is been to Western. That's what Western is doing to South Africa and bulldozing all over. It has interfered with the, with the, with the integration which was done by by Mshololozi when he was taking the key the key centers that were held by whites. They were the West bulldoze all, all all over. They just come and bulldoze and call it a, a state capture. This is just a, what is, is, is state capture is is the West bulldozing. <laughs> Sandy, we're going to have to leave it there. I think your point is made. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I perhaps, uh, advocate, want to put that question to you because I think it, it's an important one if you get to the crux of it. Why was a resolution uh, the preferred method of, of uh, accessing justice rather than prosecution directly? Prosecution is still coming. Pro there is no way in which this matter will not be prosecuted. That's part of... Okay. Um, um, the deferred prosecution agreement, as they call it in America. So the matter is going to be prosecuted. So I don't think your caller is correct when they say the matter will not be prosecuted. Yeah. It will be prosecuted. So okay, gonna... I think you've asked the question that I didn't respond to around uh, why must you do a resolution? We need to get um, money back. Uh, to our country. This one, I can't say it was stolen from our coffers, but for listed companies that breach their own governance uh, codes and rules, um, they have to be punished. So we have to get the money back, and that's the first step. Prosecution is still coming. So it's been recognized uh, by prosecution authorities that with corruption cases in particular, you you cannot only prosecute people, but you need to have this non-trial resolution, particularly to get the disgorgement and reparations back. You need to do recoveries. Yeah. So even the mandate of the National Prosecuting Authority in South Africa is to prosecute and do everything incidental there too, which is to recover money. So we've just started with recovering the money. So it's yeah. it's it's a it's a tool, it's one of the, the, the mechanisms of fighting corruption. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it. That's Advocate Omar Rabaji Rasitaba, who's the head of assets, Asset Forfeiture Unit at the National Prosecuting Authority.